Hello, everyone. It is your host again, Nathan Rapaka. I'm here back with the Slice podcast. Um, I'm really excited to be back again. Um, and, you know, I'm back quick this time, you know, not waiting another couple of months to uh, get back into a podcast episode. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you guys all had an amazing uh an amazing uh, Memorial Day weekend. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I know I did. Um, it was my birthday weekend, so got to hang out with my friends and whatnot. It was amazing. But anyways, I wanted to kind of speak on what's been going on in the world today about um, Naomi Osaka and her decision to uh, not play the French Open and not to do, and not do any media and. The effect it's having on our, um, really, the world right now. Um, You know, it's been talked about on ESPN. There's a lot of people really giving their opinions and what they think on it, including um, sportscasters, um, politics. There's just a lot going on with this scenario we're dealing with with Naomi Osaka. Um, For those who don't know who Naomi Osaka is, she's one of the best tennis players we have on tour today if not the best player we have on tour she's also one of the richest if i think she is now the richest woman's female tennis player at the moment um she's really her road her rise to fame has been so quick and sudden and usually when we see women who play tennis and who have that amazing meteor 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 rise to fame we see that they kind of just um, really are one-hit wonders, but Naomi Osaka has been more than a one-hit wonder. You know, she's won multiple Grand Slam titles. She's really playing amazing. So it's definitely um, something that it's uh, hard for me to hear about, hard for me to see, being a Naomi Osaka fan. Um, you know, she's Japanese, and, you know, she's really made her country proud, Um She's fought for so much for our country, right, with race, racial injustices. Um, I mean, I still remember the U.S. Open. She always had a message about uh, what's going on with the injustice in um, color. And, you know, she's definitely a woman who stands for the people. And it's really sad to see her um, withdrawing from the French Open. So for some background noise on what actually happened. So before the French Open started, Naomi Osaka decided she was not going to do any media coverage. This was due to the fact that, you know, she was being depressed. She's also had issues with talking in public before because it's it gives her anxiety. Um, for people who don't know that, she's very shy off the court as well. So she just didn't want to do media because of what's been going on in her life. She's depressed. All she wants to care about is tennis, and she really doesn't want to think about other obligations. So very understood. What happened was pretty much, so Osaka did end up winning her first round matchup, but she ended up getting fined, I think it was $50,000 for um, what she, for not attending the press conference media day, and pretty much she was subject to facing getting um, disqualified from the tournament. Um. In retaliation, Naomi Osaka decided to actually withdraw from the tournament. She she did it herself. She didn't let the French Open um, take her out. And she put a statement out on Instagram and social media saying that, hey, like, you know, I'm depressed. My mind isn't right pretty much. And look, I can't take this right now. And 
instead of um, finishing off the tournament, she instead left um, the tournament. Um, so that's kind of what happened with Osaka in that situation. So what are my thoughts on this? What are my thoughts on the media and um, media obligation? So as you guys know, in sports, media obligation is one of the biggest thing as superstars and sports stars you have to attend, you have to do. Um, it's a big part of um, you being a international athlete or a famous athlete. Um, you have to do your media obligations. And look, there have been classic players throughout history, like Marshawn Lynch, um, you know, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, who've been very controversial when it comes to interview press conferences. You know, they say whatever they want. They're super brash. Obviously, the infamous Marshawn Lynch um, press conferences and interviews are always remembered in the NFL um, where he was like, yeah, for every question, I still remember that. Um, so, you know, there have been athletes who have really hated the media. I mean, there's always going to be media riffs and media conflict because the thing about the media is this, guys. The media is always trying to f get a story. They're always trying to fish for a story. And in that turn, they tend to um, – What's it called? They tend to really um, aggravate you. And I agree. I agree. I've seen crazy stuff before. I've seen where the media has tried to fish a story um, from a player who's who's a controversial pl player and try to get a controversial comment out of them when they don't want one. I still remember when Draymond Green, um, the report kept asking Draymond Green in the Houston Golden State Series a few years back about the uh, – hurricane or I think it was a flood in Houston. I forgot what it was. And Draymond was pissed. He was like, man, I, you're trying to get a controversial statement out of me. And he told the guy right then and there, you're not going to get that. So it's definitely, definitely um, cringeworthy. Um, I agree. I think the media sometimes does try to fish those bad stories. Um, but then again, there's pro, pros and cons to anything, right? Without the media, guys, there is no Kobe Bryant. There is no Michael Jordan. There is no Muhammad Ali. We won't hear everything they say. Think about all the iconic press conference moments of our time, right? Practice. What is practice? Allen Iverson. You know, like, there's so many iconic press conference moments. And without the, the media, players won't be popular. How are players going to get known? How can we talk about their story, you know? So there is so much crap. You can say about the media, say, oh, fake news, fake this. But the media is very helpful. They are very helpful. You just but, – but the thing is this. If you do something wrong, you'll get attacked for it. And the problem is that's your fault. You decided to mess up. You decided to do something wrong. You yourself decided, hey, I'm going to screw up myself. That's on you. That's not the media's fault. So anyways, that's – that's really it. That's the purpose of the media, to accelerate, to feed stories, to get stories. So now to the Naomi Osaka um, representation. What do I think about it? Look, at the end of the day, Naomi Osaka is one of the greatest players of all time. She is probably going to go down in history within the next few years as the GOAT. I mean, the way she's playing right now, and if she, she's better than Serena was at Serena's age, I feel. Um, you know, she's more fit. She's more calm, I feel. She's a role model. I mean, 
there's so much you can say about this girl. But the thing is, we have to remember this. Where I don't think this is the media's fault at all. I think it's more faulted towards the association than anything else. ATP tennis, French Open, Roland Garros in Paris, you have to be cognizant when it comes to your athletes, right? Like if someone is not feeling well, if someone does not want to do immediate aim, they're actually depressed, depressed to the point on the verge of like, God forbid, they just don't want to do it. Like they're going through things in their life. And who knows, if you may, you find her that much and you make her do the media, that could have a physical effect on her. God forbid she does bodily harm to herself. God forbid, like, she just turns, like, I don't know what happened. I'm just saying, like, I've seen these stories before where athletes just, they're so depressed, they turn to different things to ease their pain. Drugs, alcohol, many things, suicide. Like, God forbid, again, like, I hope this never happens to anyone. But we've seen it. We've seen it with people, and I think it's very wrong. It's very wrong, man. It's it's uh, it's fucked up, for real. It's effed up. And I, I really don't want to see this for Naomi Osaka. Um, it's already as bad as it is, and she does not deserve to be fined for feeling depressed. No person should be – there should not be an amount of money on someone's um health. That's what I look at it like. At. you know like do not charge a person if they're feeling bad man like that's messed up to me and i think it's wrong with the atp doing i think it's wrong what roland Garros is doing one of the most marketable stars on the planet you're gonna fine her 50 grand and you're threatening her hey if you don't do media obligations you're gonna get you're gonna get um taken out of the tournament man that's bs man that's bs i guarantee you if rafael nadal did that you wouldn't say shit you know, and you know, the, and then people are gonna try to twist this and say, "Oh, it's a whole another conversation." Like, women's rights, you know, women equality, and somewhat of me kind of agrees. Like, what if Federer did this? What if Nadal did this? Would you have the same reaction? I'm curious because it's 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 annoying to me that this is happening to one of the most marketable stars on the planet. That you're going to strip her away from a tournament. She's the most marketable star in tennis. You can't do that. Her and Serena are 1A and 1B. Um, And, you know, in the past, they've done this to Serena Williams as well. They've really tried to egg stories out of her. They've tried to scare her. And I don't know. I think there's a bigger thing to do with this than than what we are seeing right now. Um, Yeah, so anyways, I wanted to touch on Naomi Osaka and what was going on with her. Um, Again, I hope Naomi comes back because, you know, Women's tennis without Naomi isn't as exciting. And so we're all missing her. You know, we all want her back. I'm hoping she still come, plays Wimbledon or the U.S. Open. If not, then, hey, health is health before your wealth. Um, so that's what people say. Anyways, guys, so that's my tidbit on Naomi Osaka. I also wanted to talk about what's been going on at the uh, French Open so far. So just a couple of tidbits. Um, just so you know, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, and Roger Federer, all three of them won their first round matchup. Um, Rafael Nadal actually almost lost a set yesterday. He was down 5-2 in the third set, um, but he ended up winning it 7-6. Classic Rafael Nadal coming back and winning in straights. Um, another thing that happened was Roger Federer. He was mighty, mighty impressive. I mean, 
mighty, mighty impressive. We're talking about the greatest player of all time, and wow, he was very impressive when it came to uh, when it came to um, his match against um, Istoman, who's a tough match. He's a guy who's beaten Novak Djokovic, had a big upset, so definitely something that I was very um, intrigued about seeing Roger doing his thing. Um, Novak Djokovic, on the other hand, he, there's really not much to talk about. He, he destroyed his opponent. Now let's talk about some upsets that happened on the men's side. Um, the biggest one, Dominic theme lost in the first round. He was up two sets love and got upset. Um, and Andre Rublev lost a five set battle too. So two of the top eight seeds, top 10 seeds are already out of the tournament. So this just opens up the gate for other players to, make a statement in this uh, Grand Slam. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy because I thought Dominic Thiem would be the guy to kind of trump Rafa, but it just looks like he's not been in form in general. So kind of expected it, but also not. Um, so that's really sad. And then obviously Andre Rublev, who had a really good run at in the clay court uh, swing. Uh, yeah, he got upset it pretty easily too, but... Medvedev is still there, Berrettini's still there, Federer's still there, Djokovic, Nadal, and so on and so on. So nothing crazy. But, you know, the one thing I want to touch on is this. Federer looks good. I mean, he's looking good. Obviously, he's playing Istomen. And Istomen hasn't really gave him much to work with, especially with his ball striking. I mean, he doesn't. he didn't look like he had a lot of weight. When it came to the balls, he was hitting. You didn't see a lot of power that really disrupted Federer's rhythm, and that's good. I think Federer needs more matches like that where um, players aren't really giving him a lot to do. But also, I think it's a bad thing because, right, you do want to be challenged. And I think the next round Federer has, by the way, this could be an upset alert. It's against Mario Cilic, the Grand Slam US Open Grand Slam winner, Mario Cilic, who, Marin Cilic, I should say, not Mario, gosh. He actually upset Federer in the 2014 U.S. Open. So it should be really interesting to see how he deals with um, Federer. And also, Nadal's got kind of a sneaky, tough match against Gasquet, um, a former top 10 player, too. And so it's going to be an interesting um, <clears throat> day of tennis tomorrow morning. Um, hopefully, I'll try to get and watch a couple of the matches um, while I'm working. Luckily, tomorrow's a light day for me at work. So. I'll try to get things done. But anyways, guys, I just wanted to give you guys an update on what I think about Osaka and the first few uh, reactions of what's going on at the tournament. Anyways, guys, thank you for joining in again. It's your host again, Nathan Rapaka. Thanks for joining in on The Slice. Bye-bye.